Welcome to our first CarCast podcast from Community Autism Resources. Our first two guests are Barbara Domain, Executive Director of Community Autism Resources, and Patricia Toomey, Program Coordinator and IR Specialist. I'd like to begin first, and what we are hoping to achieve in these CarCast podcasts are to give people an idea of what autism is and what the services are, what this organization, Community Autism Resources, and we'll get into in future car casts some aspects of autism. But today we're doing like an introduction uh, to Community Autism Resources, so I thank Barbara and Patricia for being my first guests. So how did CAR get started? Well, how about if I start, Pat? Sure. We uh, began almost 20 years ago. At that time, I know it's hard to believe, there were very few services in the state of Massachusetts for families of children on the autism spectrum. There were no resource centers. There was a, um, a local chapter, a Massachusetts chapter of a national group, the Massachusetts Autism Society of America. But other than that, very few places for families to go to get information. I'm dating myself here, but this was like before the internet. <laughs> well, and it was when it was a rare disorder. There was the That's diagnosis exactly was right. one in 10,000 children at that point in time. So we saw a need. We wrote a grant, and we were fortunate enough to get some funding from our regional, uh, de- at that point in time, it was the Department of Mental Retardation. Now it's the uh, Department of Developmental Services. So. Uh, DMR gave us a grant and we started a very small resource center out here in southeastern Massachusetts. So that was in 1993 or 92? Yep, 1993. We okay. wrote the grant in the winter of 1992 and we were awarded a grant in 1993. Okay. And your mission is very interesting. If people go on the website, which we will do at the end of this car cast, your mission is a place to start a presence on your journey. How did you arrive at that? Well, that was our second go-around, right, Pat? Right. We had a much longer mission statement <laughs> initially. <laughs> we did. And actually, the first mission statement was put together by parents and professionals together, uh, members of our board. And uh, it was very lengthy about who we are, what we aspired to, and, and so on. It was really lovely. But in keeping with the times, most mission statements now have to be short and to the point. And we knew that we had to do that. So we got together, and we thought about... Um, who we truly needed to be for families, what our true aspirations were. And we came up with a place to start and a presence on your journey. And a place- we are there from the beginning, but we don't leave once we've answered your initial questions. We would always be there to help you with whatever journey you're on at that point in time because our children change very much as they grow older. And that kind of gets at what I was going to ask you is what is your mission trying to say and and that you kind of just touched on that already. And we like the word presence because we felt that presence really just defined or could take on any shape or form. Presence could be we're going to just give you um, written information or maybe we'll teach a course or maybe we'll sit down one-to-one as Pat does in her clinics or maybe we'll, it, it doesn't matter Presence can be what the family needs it to be at that moment in their life. And they may so not even need anything right? at that moment, but they know we're there if they do. Eventually. So you kind of leave it up to the family to determine how they want to use the services Absolutely. or how they want to use the organization. Absolutely, they call that. What kinds of programs and services does CAR offer? We offer a lot of different types of programs and services. And I think one of the things I like about our organization is we 
don't just keep the ones we have. We always try to add on and listen to what families say would be beneficial for them. But we do have courses that we teach for specific groups um, regarding things as varied as IEP courses or visual systems. We have a general introduction to autism course, which is probably the most popular, and we do that the most often. But then we even have courses to teach paraprofessionals or to work with paraprofessionals and children with Asperger's. It's a wide variety, but we have family event programs. We meet individually with families to assist them with specific issues. We can develop visual systems. Linda does the visual systems with them. Now Kate's just beginning some iPad work with families. We have a lending library for families, and we make sure that the information is accessible by mailing it out to families. They don't actually have to come to our office. We mail it directly to them. Are these courses regular semester courses, or is there a structure to them? Or they usually they... provided at a specific request. Mm -hmm. If a group has at least 10 people, we will come out to their location to do the course. Um, we used to run them ourselves at our own office, but it wasn't always convenient for the people who wanted to have the course. They wouldn't necessarily want to come to Fall River or Swansea, which is where our coffee machine and phones are. Um, and it would be better for us to go to Carver to, to work directly with someone or to New Bedford. And so that seems to work a lot better for mm -hmm. everyone. Actually, that's an interesting point because Carver isn't just something in the greater Fall River area. You serve up to 88 communities, is that right? Right, all of southeastern Massachusetts. So we're looking at the south coastal area, Quincy, Milton, down to the Cape and Islands, the Taunton Attleboro areas, Cohasset, the New Bedford area, Cohasset, exactly, right. Fall River, Westport. So it's a pretty broad. We're, I think, one of the largest geographical areas. There's another one, I think, the North Shore. Has its own Western Mass is pretty big, too. They're spread out. They're very, yeah. very diverse. Right. How does one access the service? What steps, for example, would parents or advocates go through to begin to access the services? A phone call is usually the way the first <laughs> access occurs. Although now we were talking today that a lot of people are actually emailing in or registering via the website. But in the old days, and most of the phone calls I receive now, are it is a parent or a family member even. Sometimes it's a grandparent calling in just to ask what we do, what services we could provide, how their families could participate in what we do about the packets of information because they know we have some really good packets available and where we mail them out to them. And that's usually the initial conversation we have. Are there eligibility requirements that you have to, is there a certain eligibility requirement that you have to meet in order to access a service? Well, you should have a diagnosis on the autism spectrum or be in the process of obtaining a diagnosis on the autism spectrum. Our funding the majority of our funding comes through the Department of Developmental Services and the Autism Division. And so their criteria is that, you know, children have a diagnosis of autism. And um, so that's our initial starting point. Or it might be a very young child who's in the process and we might be assisting the parent in obtaining a diagnosis right. at the time. I want to go back to the, some of the other programs and services because I, you know, having looked at the website and there are things like movie nights and hay rides, and I wonder if you can go into some of the other activities and things that you do with the families. Well, some of our funding, uh, we said a good majority of our funding comes through the Department of Developmental Services and the Autism Division, but we also do a few fundraisers throughout the year. 
our largest fundraiser is the Hearts and Hands Walk for Autism. We utilize those dollars in addition to the money that we get from the state to run a variety of programs. We try to offer all of our programs for free because we know that the cost of raising a child in the autism spectrum is a lifetime cost and so any way that we can provide supports and services at no cost to families and professionals we know would be helpful to them. So we utilize the funds that we raise through fundraisers in addition to the dollars that we get to BDS to provide these various programs. We do family activities. Like the hayride. Right, hayride. Ice yeah. skating, roller skating, movie nights, uh, bowling. Mm -hmm. I believe we've done bowling. The movies are the biggest thing. Yeah, how does yeah. the movie night work? Well, from what I could gather, the theater is something that's taken over entirely by staff from Carr mm -hmm. uh, and families and persons with autism and they let you kind of have the, the run of the theater so that you could develop it to meet the needs of, of the various sensory needs, I guess, of persons with autism. Right. So I wonder if you can go into that a little more. Sure. And what well, I just did. Family, <laughs> families sign up for, for the movies, and we usually try to choose movies that we think are going to be really popular for our kids. We've run into and a little, new movies. Right, new movies, movies, right. Brand new movies. Absolutely. And the other thing that we're running into is a bit of a problem with 3D movies because some of our kids really struggle with the whole 3D aspect. So we try to find movies that are available in 2D, which is tricky. And then we book a time at the theater where it's usually just us. We have a theater to ourselves. And we try to use family activities also as opportunities to, uh, to teach. So we usually put a visual system on the website ahead of time. And that way parents can rehearse with their kids. The kids can know what they're walking into ahead of time. And uh, they'll have that little bit of rehearsal so there's some comfort there. We have the same visuals available at the movie theater. We also have been working with News to You, which is a, a wonderful organization. They put out these weekly papers. And sometimes they put out a paper that's totally devoted to the same movie that we're working on. So it will have a communication board. It'll have, let's say, recipes and jokes and some facts about the movies. We make copies of those and we have those available to families. And the reason why we want to do that is because we want the event to live on beyond just when they walk out the door of the movie. So when they go home, they could take their papers, especially if they're nonverbal or they have trouble uh, with their language, they can retell the story using the communication board. So they have the um, synopsis of the movie available in print so that they can go over that. They could tell a knock-knock joke. They can go shopping. They can make a, a recipe. They had like a, what was it, tangled twists, and it was a little pastry that they could make at home when we showed the movie Tangled. So, you know, we try to not only just run the activity, but to have additional things available so that parents and kids can continue the event after the activity is over. And when News to You does not run uh, a movie newspaper, people at CAR have been developing their own. So we'll always try to have available like a joke. We're not very good in the joke department sometimes, but a joke or a recipe, a communication board, some kind of synopsis. And it's a sensory friendly experience. It is. Also. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I know that the lights are up a little bit more, mm -hmm. so if children are afraid of the dark, it won't impact them, and we try to have the sound turned down a little bit. I think it's important also to realize that the entire family gets to attend. Right. It's not just the child with, on the spectrum and one parent. 
it is the family because these events can be quite costly and occasionally someone is not successful at remaining through the entire movie and you may not want to try that again if you've had a failed attempt because it's a pretty big expense for an mm. entire family so this is a really good opportunity with a group of people who are not going to question what's going on everyone there has probably had an experience where their child was the one who may have had an issue so that no one looks at you a little bit differently it's very very family friendly and whether you make it through the entire movie or not is That's totally okay. up to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we always make sure that car staff are available so that if a child is having difficulty, we can step in and assist the parent. Right. Or sometimes just sit in the seat with the rest of the brothers and sisters while the parent is, is helping their And their the parents have been very grateful for that. Yeah. Now, to help me understand, when you talk about some of the sensory issues, you mentioned issues involving 3D. Right. Um, you know, for people not familiar with autism, how does 3D cause a problem? It's overwhelming. It causes an issue for me, and I don't have autism. <laughs> because it just is um, the things that, it feels as if things are moving off the screen and at you. If someone is, like, sliding down a slide, you feel like you're sliding down the side with them. And I know that in a future um, car cast, you were thinking of doing a section on sensory issues. And yeah, so yeah, that yeah. person will be able to expound on that. But... For kids on the autism spectrum, a lot of times they have difficulty regulating those kinds of experiences. They have difficulty regulating emotions. They may have difficulty regulating incoming sensory information. And if that's the case, it can not be fun. And they may not want to wear the glasses. That's, and, they, and, you know, that's a really good point, Pat, because something as simple as putting on a pair of right. 3D glasses, which you need to kind of make that experience happen for you, can be very dysregulated yes. for kids. And this also involves sound, too. You can have the same kind of like, for lack of a better way to understand it, you can sort of have almost the same overstimulation issues with sound, with sound as well. Yeah. Sure, and, and some of those theaters. movies with wow. the music yeah. and really loud cars or things that would really disrupt someone's sensory system. Yeah. Talk a bit about the staff here, because there's almost a hundred years worth of, not to make you all sound old, but... <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> but there's almost a hundred years worth of experience when you talk about training and so on. And so I, I guess the sort of a two-part thing is to talk a bit about the staff here and what comprises a car. How is car comprised, I guess? Is it parents of people with autism? Is it predominantly? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, most of us wear two hats. Most of us are parents as well as professionals. Yes. I had written the original grant and Pat and Jan, Jan Randall, came on shortly after that, just like six months, I, I yes, think. Yes, I think it was just After that, months. they came aboard as volunteers, just parents whose children were newly diagnosed and they wanted to roll up their sleeves and help out. So the three of us were here pretty much from the very beginning. And then shortly after that, others joined. And, and most of us have been together for the duration, for yes. at least 15 years. So um, Pat is a parent and Jan is a parent. And uh, Janet McTurnigan is now an adjunct staff member. She uh, is a professional in the field. She and I have uh, master's degrees in um, education, and I have a specialization in autism. I think that Janet has background also in rehabilitation counseling. Yes, she does. And uh, Katie Dancero has a twin sister on the autism spectrum. She runs a lot of our brothers and sisters groups. Her background is communication disorders. 
let's see, I'm trying to think. Linda. We have uh, Linda Armstrong, who came on board shortly after Pat and Jan. And Kate and Linda is our visual systems expert. She's a resource specialist along with Jan, and she helps to design and organize the visual systems with, with families. She is a parent as well. Um, let me see. We also have a Medicaid waiver program. And in the Medicaid waiver program, we have two people who are called um, autism brokers, and that would be Brooke and Sherry. Laurie DiCrescenzo is newest to our car family. She has been organizing all of our family events, our social groups, our sensory groups. So she pulls those pieces together. A lot of she the families now know Laurie. Now know yes. her very well. She's a parent <laughs> as well as, as wearing a professional hat, along with the rest of us. And then uh, Dennis, you are our publicity coordinator. So you've taken on the role of helping us to get our name out there so that people know who we are and what kinds of services we offer. We also recently took on a very part-time development coordinator that would be Tammy um, Canastra Callahan. And Tammy's role is to try to raise funds for us so that we can expand the services that we offer to families. We have a lot of families in need of services and it's very difficult to say, I'm sorry, we don't have the money to run that. So we're, we're trying very hard to increase dollars so that we can offer more. And it should be pointed out that the funding that's provided by the Department of Developmental Services is not a lot at all. So you do need to go into the private sector for funding as well. We do. We, we do. In order to, to at least be able to scratch the surface, we do need to expand the monies that we get from the state. And we do have about 2,500 people on our mailing list We now. do. Yes. Yeah. So we have a pretty large mailing list mm -hmm. and people looking for services. Yeah. Talk about some of the fundraising events that happened during the year, such as the Hearts and Hands Walkathon, and maybe how that got started, because that's kind of the real big, big event of the year, is it not? It is. You know, it's, it's the tricky part about raising funds is that it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort, and one of the things that we don't want to do is pull our efforts away from the day-to-day -day needs of, of families in order to run fundraising events, so we try to be very careful about limiting how many of those we run a year. It's, it's kind of a catch-22. We do run the Hearts and Hands Walk for Autism. In the past, Jan Randall has been the chairperson for that. It was started by families many, many years ago, at least 12 years ago. Yes. At least 12 years ago, it was started by a family member, the Ducharmes, and uh, we eventually, the, the it grew tremendously, so Carr stepped in to try to do the organizing because it, it really is a, a huge endeavor. We have a wonderful committee of volunteers who assist us in uh, pulling it all together. And on the day of the walk, we have at least 70 volunteers from various organizations, families, friends, etc., to come in to, to help us out. It so takes about six months to put the it entire does. thing it takes together. It's quite not a lot something. To together. So the first walkathon was when? Oh my goodness. Oh, 12 years ago. About 12 years ago, yeah. Okay. At BCC, and we've continued to have it at BCC. The other, um, <coughs> excuse me, fundraising activities we've, we've offered, help me out here, Pat. We did a Cash for Gold. <laughs> I'm trying to do that these one, trendy things. <laughs> So we, we did one of those. Sometimes the fundraisers that we do, we're not expecting to raise huge amounts of money, but it's nice to see people and it gives families an opportunity to stop in. And, a couple and of holiday events. We did a couple of holiday sales and, and again, uh, parents got a chance to meet different vendors who 
sold things that might be of particular interest to kids on the spectrum. And, and, grand, and their grandparents. And, and their grandparents. Yeah, and people who work with them, teachers yeah. and aides, they were able to buy some of the bracelets and um, some mm -hmm. of the books that we have. That is a pretty big uh, fundraiser for us. There's a, a lovely person, Donna Procopio, and she has designed these glimmers of hope autism bracelets. They're beautiful. She's constantly updating the designs. They have glass beads, and she gives a percentage of her proceeds to community autism resources. And she even has holiday ones she and then does. her summer color ones. Mm -hmm. and, and she has designs one for the walk every right. year too. Yep, every year she designs mm -hmm. a specific one for the walk. We've, um, let me see, so the holiday, I think we're, we're pretty consistent. The holiday sales, we've done a couple of those. We've done the cash, cash for gold. We um, did a capital campaign. We once. did, mm -hmm. yep. We did a capital campaign a couple of years ago, two years ago. We um, uh, worked with an see. intern from Stonehill. To that, develop, to right, develop an appeal. That, we did right. an appeal letter. That was right. our first appeal letter. So we, we do try various avenues to bring in more revenue. And you have an upcoming event, hopefully by the time this car cast comes out. You'll have an event at the St. John's Club in Fall River. That's right, a that's parent. November yeah. 12th, I believe. Yeah, that's lovely because sometimes parents will say, I'd like to do yes. an event for you. And so this gentleman is doing uh, a barbecue dinner with dancing at the St. John's Club in Fall River. A we live had, band. Yeah, with a, yep, a band. And we actually had the Knights of Columbus did a fundraiser for us a couple of years ago. And somebody just did a Zumba fundraiser for us. So those things are fun. And, and what's lovely about those types of activities is that these people volunteer to take on the role of organizing it and putting it together. We'll help out with PR. Oh, I forgot the Rockin' Benefit. We, for no, a number of years, uh, a wonderful group of, of parents led by Lisa and Todd Oliveri and uh, Carrie Hamlet and Cassie Rico, Cheryl Januski put together a Rock in the Night fundraiser and we had uh, various bands appear and, and that was a lot of fun. That was at the Brockton Rocks. Now with serving 88 communities, you try very hard to target. How do you determine events and where to go with that amount of communities? We always try to rotate the services that we provide so that we're never just in one area. Um, for example, we have typically done a lot of family drumming, which is always successful, mm -hmm. and we're just bringing that back again. We've done that in Braintree, we did it in Hyannis, we have done it in Taunton, we've done it in Seekonk, um, in Attleboro one time. We find locations that will provide space for us at no charge or at very low charge, <laughs> because again, we don't charge anyone for the activity, so we need to make it available to everyone, and we'll bring in a master drummer. We usually use Bob Bloom um, from Connecticut, and just make sure it's well publicized so families in each area will know that this is the time that we're in their area. Because of the numbers that we have and the number of staff people we have, we have to rotate everything. Mm -hmm. It is a regional project, and we, I think we do a really good job at that. Right, yeah. It's important to make sure that we try to do at least one activity in each of the areas of our region throughout the year. Sometimes we'll we do two. seven areas. Right, right. we do yeah. have seven areas. And it doesn't mean that if we're holding something in Plymouth and you're from Fall River that you can't attend that. Right. We just realize that you may not want to make the drive, but if you want to make the drive, you're welcome welcome to join us. And that's actually a nice ride to Plymouth. It and is lovely. We're coming down to the conclusion, but I was wondering if there's any upcoming events that you'd like to really take this opportunity to promote. Muppet movie. <laughs> I love the boobies because I get to see them. 
So the Muppet movie is one of the movies that's going to be coming our way. November, right? Thanksgiving November, weekend. Right. And uh, there'll be an East Bridge water where we haven't quite nailed that down yet because with the new um, 3D or 2D movies, sometimes we have to wait pretty close to when the movie is released so that we know whether or not it's going to be in 2D or not, which is what we're, we hope to, to get. Uh, and family drumming in right. December. Yeah, that'll be. Fall River. Right, yep. And then probably an ice skating event Plymouth. in Plymouth. Right, and we do send everything out via the Monday morning message, which is our weekly email that goes out every Monday. Um, and then encourages people to register online with Lori. And we do encourage people also to register. If they're very interested, they should do it as soon as possible because the family events fill up very they quickly, almost immediately. And then we would have to put people on waiting lists, which we don't like to do. We do try to run, and, and I know we didn't really touch upon this, but we do run a couple of social groups uh, a couple of times a year. And those are specifically targeting certain ages. We, ch we switch that around. But uh, Janet tries to really match the group of kids together. She tries to do some skills teaching uh, as part of those groups. They're a lot of fun. Usually they're theme-based. Katie runs a teen group. There's an adult group. So we do run various types of social groups. And we do run some various sensory projects, which we also try to rotate yes. around the region. So we've done things like dance and karate and yoga and just to provide different experiences to children. And again, and they're more of a long they're a four to six right. week program usually instead of just a one-time deal. Right. In addition, you also have the interchange, which is a newsletter. That's true. And that and all kinds of other information about CARS programs and services can also be accessed by getting onto their website, which is www.community-autism-resources.com. Am I correct on that? Yep. Or dot .org, because we own both domains. Yeah. And we certainly invite our listeners to do that. I want to thank Barbara and Patricia Toomey again for being our first guests on CarCast Podcast. And in future CarCast Podcasts, we will be breaking down aspects of autism and going into the various aspects with more detail. So thank you very, very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed our first podcast a presence on your journey. Our music introduction and also our end piece is Old Friends by George Winston and our technical assistance was provided by Nicholas Domain. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to another in our series of podcasts, A Presence on Your Journey.